0: and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Isaiah 45.5 five says, I am the Lord. There is none else. There is no God beside me. He said that way back then, and he's saying it right now. It was said in prayer, and he's saying it to his people right now. There is no other God. There is no other God. He won't allow it. He says, I am the only one you can trust. I am the only one you can trust because I am truth so when you're going through something the first place to go the first place to go is to God Because he will only speak the truth. He will only speak the truth. Hallelujah. Hmm. God is so awesome. Dana and I got the privilege to go on take a vacation trip with Pastor Tim and Apostle Angie about a week ago. I was riding in the back of Pastor Tim's truck looking out the window, and I saw a sign on a building. And the sign said, Your Life, Our Commitment. When I read it, something quickened in my spirit. It's like I need to, I didn't know what, but I needed to put that down. So I got my phone out and put it in my phone. Thought about it a little bit, but didn't think about it much more. I was going to wait till I got home and pray about it and see. That was at the first of the day, of the week on our vacation. Before we come home, either the last day or the day before, the Apostle looked at me and said, You want to preach Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say God is awesome. Because when she said that, I knew immediately what that was for. I didn't have anything to go with it, but I knew that. Was what he was saying. Your life, your life, our commitment. Hallelujah. John 10 10. How many of you like ab- abundant life? You like that word, you like the sound of it. Okay, good John ten ten says, I am come that they, which is us, might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I'll give you a definition of abundant life, my definition. It's having a relationship with God to the point that we know He will take care of us. That's abundant life. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I said 2, but it's chapter 9 chapter 9, verse 8. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things. So as we do the work of God, he supplies everything we need. That is abundant life. In this scripture, God is committed to bless us with abundant life. Think about that. God is committed to bless us with abundant life. Because Jesus said, I am come that you might that you might have abundant life. And He says you might. Which means it's possible. It's not guaranteed. The abundant life of God is not guaranteed. exactly but see the gap between us and abundant life is not on God's end because he is committed he sent Jesus to give us abundant life he did his part the gap is on our part hallelujah Isaiah 55 I mean, Isaiah 50, verse 7. Isaiah 50, verse 7. This scripture tells us how to have abundant life. This first part says, For the Lord God will help me He's going to help us have abundant life. Then it says, therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. Okay, I've looked up some of these words, and we're going to go through it. It says, well, the Lord God will help me. In other words, he's going to help us to have abundant life. Says, therefore shall I not be confused, for have therefore have I see this is our part. I set. You look up the word set, it means committed. I have committed my face or my turn or to turn. In other words, if you're going this way and you're committed to God, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to turn from something. You're going to, yes, as Minister Andy said, we're going to have to consciously turn from something. And it also means battle, which means it's not going to be easy. Because what you're going to have to turn from is something that's got a hold of you. Hmm. I'm going to turn my face, turn like a flint, which means hard, which means you. Uh-oh. Flint starts fire. It says, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. You look up the word ashamed, it means be dry. So if we're getting dry in the spirit, Maybe we need to turn from something. We need to turn. We need to commit and turn. Because if we're dry, well, this ain't even in my notes. Jesus is described as the living water. So the The only way to be dry is to walk away from the living water. So if we're feeling dry, we need to turn. We need to find out what we need to turn from. So this scripture actually means, Isaiah, is I have committed to battle hard. Hard. abundant life. The devil does not want you to have abundant life. He's going to do everything he can. He's going to throw every obstacle he can. In front of you. To distract you. And they're not always big. We'll see that in just a minute. But the thing is. If we don't battle hard for abundant life we will walk in confusion because that's what it says. I will be confused. So where's the battle? Right there. Right there. This thing. Because in Romans 8, let's look at it. We all know this scripture. We've heard it a lot. Romans 8, 6 and 7. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because a carnal mind is an enemy against God. So that's where our battle is right there. we got to let our... Let God show us what we're thinking, how we're thinking. And if it's something we can't quit thinking, we get on our face and see where the stronghold is because it's a stronghold that's been built up. And we get on our face. You see, the reason the enemy doesn't want us to be committed to God It's because when we're committed to God, then our walk is an attack on Him. You're not very afraid of a soldier that shows up for battle one day and misses four or five, and then he may come back and two weeks down the road. You're not very worried about that soldier. You're worried about the one that shows up at your door every single day. That's the one that you got that the enemy is worried about. So when we are committed, when we are committed in our walk with God, it is a battle against him. God spoke this to me here probably a year or two. I don't know. I lose track of time. He said, aggressively pursue God for life, for life. And what he actually said was aggressively pursue God to have abundant life for the rest of my life. That's what he's saying to you. We aggressively pursue God to have His abundant life, and we do it the rest of our life. See, when we stop aggressively pursuing God, His life in us begins to die down. As Pastor Babs said, Flint is used to set a fire. But fire is a good example. Kobe's a fire starter. If you don't continually feed a fire, it goes out. It doesn't go out instantly. It gradually goes, burns down and burns down until there's no fire. That's what the enemy wants to do to us. He will get it put something in front of us to just kind of pull us back just a little bit to pull you out just for a minute and then, then if that works he'll pull you out for two minutes three minutes is just as an example he'll slowly pull you out and you still think you're committed I can give you an example and you can see it I don't know if women do this, but men, after they've been working out, (coughs) they look in the mirror, they they do this. You know, they've built up some muscle. Then Then you quit working out or you start skipping. But in your mind, you've still got it. I'm just saying. In your mind, you think, I've still got it. You still look in the mirror because the, gra- the changes take place gradually. What you had built up here begins to shift to here, but you know it doesn't—it doesn't drop overnight. <laughs> <laughs> you, you understand, but you're still looking in the mirror, flexing, thinking you still got it until the enemy shows up and you realize you don't have it. I don't know if women do that kind of stuff or not, but I know men do. <laughs> well, so we can still think, we can think we're committed and we're actually not it's a trick of the enemy I come to prayer I come to church I come I do this I do that I pray sometimes we need to do what Pastor Tim taught in his class we need to take make a list of how many times we pray a week how many times we read the word a week We would probably be, I would be surprised at my own self. I know that I would. So I'm afraid to make a list. I Might need to step up my game a little bit before I make a list. But the reality is if we're not committed, the enemy will pull us back slowly, slowly. See, our our pursuit of God has to be bigger. This is what he said here a while back to me. has to be bigger and more important to us than anything that stops us. In other words, our pursuit of God has got to be first. It's got to be first. Does God care if you go to Walmart? Does he care if you go fishing? Does he? No, he does not. All he wants us to be first. <coughs> Philippians, three. Let's go there. Philippians, chapter three, starting verse seven. Is Paul speaking? You know, Paul wrote to say two thirds of the New Testament. I would think if you write two thirds of the New Testament, you're pursuing God, you're pretty well committed. But he went on to say, starting in verse 7, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Paul was a very educated man but he laid all of that education down because his education contradicted what the word said. So he laid that down to get this. He laid down everything. And in verse 14, it says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, I pursue God. I pursue We'll go back to go back to working out a little bit. If you've done any weightlifting at all or watched anybody, you know that you'll start out not lifting a whole lot. But if you're going to increase, you're going to have to add some more weight to it. It's going to get hard, and you're going to have to press it. And then when that becomes easy, you pack some more on there and it gets hard again. And that's how you grow in the natural. That's how you grow in the spirit. When we get into a comfortable place, if we're telling God, I want more of you, and we get into a comfortable place, he's fixing to move you out. a comfortable place so just prepare yourself he's moving you to an uncomfortable place yes thank you Jesus hallelujah Hebrews 12 1 and 2 it says lay aside every weight and sin and run I think it's interesting it says lay aside every weight and sin. Sin is not the only thing that keeps us from being committed to God. Little things. Little things. Hallelujah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm going to go there since you went there. Proverbs 24, 33 and 34. It says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, poverty comes. Sleep doesn't necessarily mean sleep here. It can mean sleep. If you'd rather lay in the bed instead of getting in the presence of God, if it's an escape for you, it can be what keeps you from being committed. I think it's interesting it says a little, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. These are little things. But they can cause you to come, to come to poverty in the spirit. It doesn't necessarily mean when it says poverty, financial poverty. It can be spiritual poverty. What keeps you from pursuing God? Like Andy said, the little foxes. I mean, that's actually a scripture. The little foxes is what spoils the vine. The little ones. we think about being committed in Hebrews 10, 24, Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 24. purpose of being committed see being committed is not just about you it doesn't just being committed doesn't just affect me because this scripture says let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Our being committed is more <coughs> well just as an example I got to minister to Monica last night. What if I had uh, I'm going to lay at home today I'm going to prop my feet up on the couch. I mean there's no nothing wrong with that there's times for that. But what if I had done that? God would have met her needs, but I wouldn't have been a part of it. I would have missed out. So being committed is more than just for me. What if nobody was committed? I want to ask another question. And don't take it as condemnation, but take it as an opportunity to look. What if everybody was as committed as I am? We've all got some room there. Dr. Morris Cirillo ministered around the world. I think there was some commitment there to attain to. Hallelujah. I said this a while ago, being committed will require us to step out of our comfort zone. God's going to require us to do something different. He's going to require us to step into a new area, a new arena. Something different he's going to call upon us to do. And it's not going to be a big thing. It's just going to be a step. He's going to ask you to do something, and it's a step. So, who or what are we committed to? Because we're all committed to something. So, that's the question. Who are we committed to, or what are we committed to? Because I said this here a while back, I think it was when I was teaching on Facebook uh, the devil owns the fence. The devil owns the fence. If you just take a look out as to what's going on in the world, you realize that the devil he's not hiding anymore. he is not hiding, and he's not playing. So it's time. It's time for God's people to get committed. It's time for them to get committed. When I was looking at this, this is what I heard. I heard it's time to suit up. It's time to suit up. And as soon as I heard that, it reminded me of what Apostle Angie taught Tuesday, last Tuesday at prayer. She said, Armor up. Put your armor on. It's time to put your armor on. God just does things. As soon as he reminded me of what Apostle Angie said and I wrote it down, then he reminded me of what Pastor Babs has been saying more than once and you need to really get this if you're a casual Christian you will become a casualty because the devil's not playing so it's time to put on the armor of God it's time to get committed it's time to quit playing or you will find yourself a casualty. The thing is, you can be a casualty and not even know it. There are lots of people that are actually casualties in the army of God, and they don't even know it. Here's another hard question. Because I know we'll say, well, I am committed. I am. I am committed. That's what people will say. I'm committed. Mark 16, 16 through 18 says, signs shall follow them that believe. Do signs and wonders follow us? Not do signs and wonders follow the church I attend. Do signs and wonders follow you? do signs and wonders follow you? It takes commitment, pursuing God with everything in you, for signs and wonders to follow you. Hallelujah. And In Isaiah 50, verse 7, God said that he would help us be committed. But we got a part to play. We have a part. We step, we go after him, we pursue him, we chase after him. There was a book years ago called God Chasers. That's what we got to be. We got to chase after God. Like Paul, lay aside everything. Lay aside my preconceived ideas. Lay aside what I think is right. Lay aside my excuses. I'll tell you, I remember just as well as, as if it happened here just to, if he spoke it yesterday. He spoke to me several years ago. I was complaining. God, I don't have enough time to do what you have called me to do. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. And this is what he said. Oh, Robert, I wish I'd have put 26 hours in the day for you. (laughs) That's what he said. No, that's not what he said. You know what he actually said? Just as plain as I'm standing here, I heard, get up and get her done. It's like, I don't care what your excuses are. Get up and get it. Get up and do it. That's what he said. I stopped complaining. No, he didn't leave any room for doubt or negotiation. So, it's time for us to get real, it's time to commit. So if you don't know, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's time. If you want to commit your life to him, I want to invite you to come down. If you want to commit to one more step, to one more level of what God is calling you to do in your pursuit. Commit to one little bit more of pursuit of God. I want you to come down. I can't say that I'm committed as much as I should be, but I can release what I have.